is making the household decisions for charitable giving. The new study can provide fundraisers with the information that can guide their work. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jeannie Sager. Jeannie is the wonderful leader of the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy, the only institute in the world devoted specifically to researching gender distinctions in charitable giving behavior and how that information can be used for frontline fundraisers, of which Jeannie is one herself. So Jeannie, thank you so much for coming back and being with us on this podcast. Oh, it's always such a privilege to be with you, Bill, and to be with your listeners. And Jeannie, uh, WPI has some new findings about households and how they're making their decisions related to charitable giving. What have you and your colleagues found out? Yeah, so excited to share our newest report with all of you. The last time we asked everyday households about how they made giving decisions was in 2005. And so as you can imagine, household dynamics and the role of women within the household have changed in this past 15 years. And the Women's Philanthropy Institute is excited to be able to update this important topic. Um, Families have been changing in recent decades and women's incomes are more important to families Um, more than ever. And uh, women are also, as you may know, more likely to be breadwinners than they used to be. So understanding these dynamics and how they impact giving is important. Since as you know from Giving USA, that giving from individuals and families uh, accounts for at least 70% of all giving every year. And this percentage grows to around 86% when you factor in bequests and gifts from family foundations. Um, To me, one of the key things about this subject is that it matters to so many households. Each household is unique and has different conversations about giving. And those conversations matter for how much households give and what organizations they decide to give to. Furthermore, the study contributes to a deeper understanding of how couples make giving decisions in two ways. First, as I've already shared, this is new data. The last time we asked the question, who decides, was 15 years ago. Secondly, this study contributes much deeper information about the process of making household giving decisions. Um, It adds greater detail about other household financial decisions. Uh, We talk about conversations about giving and who is involved and much more. Um, But maybe I should just go quickly over some key findings and then we can talk about the implications of research to practice. So 61.5% of couples make giving decisions together. That's six out of 10 households making joint giving decisions. Interestingly, this is a decline from 2005 when 73.4% of couples reported making joint giving decisions. Next, when we consider sole decision-making, when one partner makes all the giving decisions for the household, we found that this is actually on the rise. And when one partner in the household makes giving decisions, it is more likely to be a woman. So in 15.3% of households, the woman is the sole giving decision maker. And that's compared to 12.1% of the households where the man is the sole decider. And individuals have different thresholds for how big a gift they will give without consulting their partner. And this number is much higher for men compared to women. Hmm. To better understand how people think about their giving decisions, for this study, we compared a number of different types of household decisions and found that charitable giving is most similar to short-term financial management. 
Uh, and this information is, is new. Previous research has not compared charitable giving to other household financial decisions. When, one, when considering um, who, if anyone, is involved outside of the household, the report revealed just 1.1% of couples talk about giving with a financial or philanthropy advisor. So this is clearly a huge opportunity for advisors to engage clients about an issue that ties so closely into their values. And finally, three out of four couples agree on giving amounts and recipients, and most couples talk about their giving at least a few times a year. And these conversations about giving appear to be largely harmonious. 75% of couples agree on giving amounts and recipients. So I talked a lot, but those are the key findings, um, but I'm sure that we can dig into um, implications with regards to research to practice. So when we're looking at households that are male and female, led male and female, uh, the percentage of households where the charitable giving decisions are made together, that percentage is going down yes. when there is one or the other making the decision on behalf of the entire household. Uh, women are in the majority in that regard, about 53 to 47. Uh, percent of the time. And that said, regardless of how those decisions are being made, the vast majority of households are happy with that household charitable giving decision. So Jeannie, it seems to me, would you agree, one of the big takeaways from your study is this is yet the latest evidence of women playing a more prominent role in the charitable giving decisions and behaviors of households. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that has come up is, you know, we talk about this giving threshold, right? So men appear to, um, when as a sole male decider household, will tend to give more money um, mm. without, you know, that, that dollar figure seems to be larger. But I think what is more important is putting that into context, right? So if you, um, if you dismiss and discount the influence of women, uh, women are, part of the decision-making process 90% of the time, right? So you have to look at that in light of the, of, of the, the larger um, figure about the research, which is really about couples giving jointly and then the number of women making decisions alone. So you need to look at the whole picture there. Jeannie, we've been so well-informed by the Women's Philanthropy Institute for so many years. And one of the key takeaways over the years has been that not only do men typically make that larger gift, but women tend to give to more nonprofits as opposed to a smaller number of nonprofits. Did the same thing come out through this study as the women are becoming more influential either in joint decision-making with the man or if they're the sole decision-maker in the household? Is that also affecting how many nonprofits are supported by that household? Well, I think you need to be care You need to understand that um, women like to give um, across to many different organizations, right? And so, looking when you're looking at your own organization, you can't make assumptions about um, that household or that woman's um, interest in your organization or their ability to make a larger gift by looking at that single gift or that single giving history. History. So it's really important. Um, I think what this report does is, again, reinforces the importance of having conversations with women and involving women um, and, and, and making sure that you are asking her um, and, and really taking control and looking more strategically about 
who you are engaging in these conversations and are you making um, concerted efforts to include more women um, within your portfolio um, and um, making sure you're asking her the right questions. And Jeannie, every household is different. None of these findings are 100%. So I'm a fundraiser. How do I know if a particular household, the charitable giving is being decided by the male, by the female, or by both together? How do I find that out? So uh, back to that conversation, fundraisers and nonprofit leaders can really use this study's findings uh, to deepen donor relationships and increase giving. Because as you mentioned, Bill, every household is unique. And in the same way, fundraising cannot be one size fits all. And so unfortunately, funders still make the assumption that the man in the household controls giving decisions. But we know that this dynamic is changing, especially as prominent women philanthropists like a Dr. Priscilla Chan or a Mackenzie Scott purposefully and visibly are taking a seat at the table. And so instead of assuming fundraisers should ask, <laughs> they should ask donors about their decision-making process. Who else is involved in giving decisions and what they can do to support donors in talking to their families about giving. Be seen as a ad philanthropic advisor and not so much as a fundraiser and, and create and curate questions within your, your conversation um, to, to elicit some of this from, from your donors. Um, other members of the household, especially women, should not just be invited to the table, but listened to and respected. And when we talk about how one of the findings of uh, this report is that conversations about giving among couples is largely harmonious. And so what we know is that robust conversations about philanthropy results in robust philanthropy. And so being able to have that and introduce that um, and encourage that among your donors um, to have conversations about giving within their own households and even outside um, will only uh, raise all boats. Another important factor to keep in mind as you're doing your research about household giving, a particular household, and about the individuals in that household. And then as you're meeting with them and observing and listening uh, to be able to tailor your approach to each individual household uh, based on this important new report from the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. So it's a free report. Uh, go to the website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now there's a toolbar across the top. You'll see institutes. Click there, there's a pull down menu and that's where you're gonna find the Women's Philanthropy Institute, this study and all of their pathbreaking research and other activities that they have, whether it be events, podcasts and other resources that can guide uh, your fundraising. We also wonderfully partner with the Women's Philanthropy Institute on a course each year that explore this type of research that we need to apply as fundraisers to understand the gender distinctions in charitable giving. Now, remember that top toolbar, one spot over is professional development. Pull down tab there, you'll find the fundraising school with all of our public courses, uh, which are in-person, online, online recorded, online live, also our webinars, our podcasts, and of course, custom training that we can bring directly to you. Again, that overall website is philanthropy.iupui.edu. With my colleague, Jeannie Sager, our producer, Jennifer Boffman, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.